British Strongman Podcast, episode 15. Um, I was going to say today we've got sh- today we've got Shane, but uh, obviously it's here every week. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <clears throat> got Shane's right, mummy. So, <laughs> so first, first topic that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about um, cl- coach and client communication and how important it is um, in terms of uh, the progress for the client and also building building a relationship for long term success. So I think Shane and I are um, both a similar similar mindset on this in terms of when we sign up with when it, when a client signs up with us, like we just always think we think long term. It's got to be like we want that relationship to be two years, five years, ten years, or whatever. Yeah, there's to, there are people that I coach now, and like ideally, I want to be training those guys for the rest of their life. Um, as opposed to kind of a mentality what you see with a lot, with like a lot of trainers and coaches, um, which don't get me wrong, it has a, I feel it has a place, but um, who are kind of geared towards like say eight week eight week blocks or a six week plan or twelve week plan or whatever. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that, Shane? What so I've, I've kind of assumed what you what your no um, yeah well you, you know uh, yeah you know how I work it's. Um... I want to have a longer term relationship. I only work with people on six month minimum terms for that reason, because I want someone that is willing to, uh, well, on both parts, a bit of giving a bit of take because programming is very individual as we know. And sometimes I get it right first time. Sometimes I don't. And sometimes someone goes through the first three weeks and goes, look, Shane, I'm struggling here. This hurts. That hurts. And I'm like, right, okay, I've overshot it. We'll, we'll pull it back. And it might take me, now and again, it can take me six to eight weeks to get someone, you know, perfect for them. So if they, they only go in with the impression it's I'm going to pay them for a month, they might think, oh, that coach was shit. I, I overtrained, I did this. No, it might not be that. It might just be that, you know, we didn't bounce properly straight away. And then through messages, through communication, through feedback, we can alter it and get it perfect. And that's really beneficial, not just for me, but for them, because they then know themselves as well, how much they can, you know, for example, how many times a week they can squat, for example, before their knees start getting a little, little ropey or how much load they can handle uh, in terms of frequency on squats. So if they, if they can squat three times a week, they might have to do two speed sessions or something because their job's very, you know, they're bending down all the time on the knees or something, whatever, you know, there's many different variables, but we can figure out a, a, a routine that works perfectly for them. And if we don't work long term, we're never going to build that relationship where we understand each other and how we work. Yeah, that that that's a, a great summary. Completely makes sense. Um, yeah, I think I think if somebody's signing up for like a four four week block or whatever, it just puts a lot, puts a lot of pressure on both the client and the coach actually. Because really, we're doing. If, if, I suppose I've done it in the past, and you just feel like under so much pressure, and not be, not because you've, you 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 d- you doubt your own ability as a coach, but it's like. It's it's not a, it's not a long enough time to see re, see results. Like some people might some people might think that they're gonna some people who are say at an intermediate level and they I don't know say pulling two two hundred fifty kilos and they and they come to you and they say right oh let's uh, try some coaching for four weeks um, and let's try and pull a deadlift PB like 
re- realistically, unless that get, unless that that guy is actually really actually still quite new to it and still getting newbie gains, it's just it's just unrealistic. And like you say, um, it just puts puts pressure on. Um, it increases the injury risk. It 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 just it just changes what basically what we know is say going to be right for this client for them to be a better athlete when they compete in six months time but that they can get kind of tied up with this illusion that oh oh, doing like a four-week blast program or i'll I'll blast it for four weeks with a program and then i'll go off by myself and it like it's they're just going to get so much more value if they if they if they commit to the kind of kind of longer term thing even just even just like a couple couple of months in and people can start to see that <clears throat> starting to see the progression build and stuff i suppose yeah, um, i had a i had a client not well not a client i had an inquiry today well he messaged me a couple of weeks ago and then he got back in touch today to say what to, to to sign on basically just saying that he wants to build to a comp in december which is perfect because it's yeah. like such a long time away we get time to, to know each other <laughs> So then by the time it comes to that comp peak, I already know what I'm going to do for that specific comp peak because I'll have, you know, done all these other training blocks and stuff up to it. Whereas when someone comes and goes, I've got a comp in six weeks, Shane, England's strongest man, I need a peak for it. I, I always say, and people will attest to this, I can't, I don't want to do it because I just, A, I wouldn't, I just, it would be a guess. It's like a complete guess for yeah. a big comp and I wouldn't want to take on that responsibility. Yeah. yeah, and and equally, um, with the with, like say people people who uh, sign up for oh I'm peaking for a comp in four weeks can you, or I want to test my PB in four weeks or whatever and some people can can be like two weeks into the coaching and start hitting PBs and then they're like fucking thanking you saying oh my god Shane is amazing oh Josh is amazing I've hit hit this PB like two weeks in. And we know it's not down to our fucking programming, is it? Like when yeah. they, when they do that, like I hate it when I suppose when you get credited for that, where 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 actually like it's what they've what they've been doing. It's obviously what they've been doing up to preparing it before coming to you. So yeah. I, 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 I suppose what we're saying is basically what <clears throat> what's going to set the client up for long term success is if we manage to get take the emotion away from kind of training in terms of everybody signs up for coaching or whatever, or starts a new program. They get that buzz. They get that, Oh, they get that feeling that they've really um, kind of the buzzing, aren't they? To start something or you start of a new block or something. But what, what re- we really want to do is actually we want to set them up for however many months time, six months time where the motivation isn't necessarily there. They're not the honeymoon period's over, but we've kind of turned them into this beast that's actually bought into the the training as a way of life, rather than just being like, "Oh, I'm doing the six week program and it's buzzing." Like they're actually into the the kind of addicted to the graft and the process and stuff. I think that's important personally. Yeah, I just <clears> think it's. A, I think coaching. Uh, I, I honestly, this is why I. 
I have a good relationship with like all my clients. I speak to them. They're almost, I say 90% of them are almost friends, you know, because they've been with them so long. And it's, uh, it's really important because it's, in my opinion, it's a big decision who you, who you choose as your coach, because I, I just think if you choose a coach, it, it should be, in my opinion, like if I chose a coach, it, I would at least be going for a year with someone. And I'd be like, I want to stay with this person for a year. So I'd need to trust in their ability. And, you know, it'd be a, it'd be a big decision for me to make. So I think people sometimes jump into these decisions and I don't think you should do that. You should understand that it's going to be a long-term process. I'm going to be working with this person. You know, I watch his stories. Do I, do I like his personality? Do I like his band? Do I like the way he is? I'm quite blunt. I'm, blunt. I'm very blunt. And I just say how it is. Some people don't like that. So if you get that vibe from me, from my stories and the podcast and stuff like that, then, yeah, we probably won't get on because I will say it how it is and you might be suited to another coach. So it is a, it is a big decision to make. And if you're thinking it's just a short-term quick, oh, I'll get Shane to coach me for this comp and that's it, then that's just not how it, how it works, really. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose like the... <clears throat> in terms of the, the best, inverted commas, um, clients in terms of results like that I have are the people who have actually um, committed say longer term and the however many months or years in and we've actually take taken that kind of emotion away from the fact that it's not me fucking getting them the results it's not me yeah i'm laying out a, a route and, a, and an efficient path for them to succeed but it's actually they've actually i've actually got coached them into taking ownership of their their own destiny that's a big thing for me is like yeah. We're just laying the path for them, like you say, and they've got to, yeah. they've got to walk it and do it. And sometimes the best result is you get you get you can lay the same path out for two clients, and if one cunt's sprinting it and the other's just kind of slowly walking, he's going to get faster results because he's he's not just doing the he's seeing the path, but he's doing the nutrition, the, he's doing the sleep, he's doing this, he's doing the extra bits, and he's training really hard. He's sticking to his rest times. He's sticking to uh, you know, how much sets he's doing, his assistance work. He's not going, oh, it says, it says 40 seconds rest, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to guess it. You know, there's, you know, I have like Flash is a good example. He just lives on his stopwatch and uh, he's an animal because of it. Uh, so there's, you know, yeah. you can lay out the path, but the results, like you say, are down to the, the, the client putting in the work. Yeah, and that, that's it. And that's what I want my clients to learn over the, over the, course, of, over the course of time as we build up this relationship that they... That yeah, I'm I'm always there to 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 advise them and lay out the path. That that's obviously what I'm getting paid for. But I do I do I do find it find it important that they like take ownership and they 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 start to learn to trust their intuition. You know, rather than just be like at the start where they're like, oh, oh, three sets of eight. Um, I wanted to do ten on the last set, but 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 um. I had to do three sets of eight and it was too easy. Whereas like a year later, that might be, well, I did the, I did the two sets of eight. They felt great. I really honed in on the technique. And then um, I did 12 perfectly executed reps on my last rep. Absolutely buzzing with this. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's the same thing on the program that we've written, but because they've like taken ownership and like um, tr trust their intuition more. And to be honest, I think this is re really relevant for people who do strongman as well. The strongman, strongwoman. 
because like say if you go to like say a powerlifting meet or a weightlifting meet to compete it's often that that you'll have like a hand you'll know what you know what you're doing calibrated plates calibrated kit you know exactly what you're doing the whatever you know who's in your flight You've, you you may, you may even be lucky enough to have someone who's handling you telling you what to lift so to, giving you feedback or whatever whereas at strongman you might have had this perfect prep and then you go to a comp but you feel fucking you've got almost got an ace up your sleeve because you've been almost like smashing training on one particular event that people think you're shit at and you've got good at it and they come to the comp and they've changed two of the events on the day like that's an example of where and you might not be there as as, as coaching them this guy's on their own and they're like oh well it's a it's changed to log for reps instead of max axle like what what do i do like if if you're get, if you're getting them in that mindset where they're kind of taking ownership and building up building up confidence in their own intuition and suppose building like holistic confidence i think that they're going to be um a lot more in, a lot more likely to succeed. Yeah, I'll give I'll give a shout out to Jan because Mr. Jan is a perfect example of this. He got himself. I've been getting him doing. He had a keg and a yoke at his house. And I was getting him doing loads of keg and yoke runs, and he got a sandbag and he filled it's like hundred kilos or something. And he sent me a video saying I've been doing some sandbag. Just so you know, it's ninety eight point six three nine kilos to the to the gram he had it. And he's like, don't program it in yet, Shane. I'm doing it on my off days and I'm going to practice it so I'm good at it. And then we can add it into the medleys. And I was like, brilliant, because he's just completely taken ownership of it. He knows yeah, it's meant. And he just wants to put grafting on his off days. It's like absolutely perfect. He doesn't need me to say, oh, let's on, let's on the off day. You're bad at that. Let's do it. He's taken ownership of it. And he's like, you just concentrate on that program, Shane. I'm going to concentrate on this. And it's great. Brilliant. Yeah, a, w- a way that I actually pro- program in the program this in specifically now um is i'll often put in like uh, if if i love though like if you sign up a person and they're like say all right i'm going to train every day i'll I'll train every day i want to go all in i want to do six days a week or whatever and you 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 might well i might think oh well well actually let's start on nailing four days and then what i'll often do is put in like a a, a Saturday or a wet or like a something midweek where I'll put in like say on the program I'll put freestyle session active recovery optional session or whatever and um, I think I think it's absolutely fantastic because you get you, you get like a an idea of basically I'll say to the client that I encourage them to do something a they enjoy so if they just if they just like doing something they can they can do more practice there um be something that they feel like they miss from like say they might sign up to our program and they're, and they're like fucking saying to their mates they're like oh yeah this pro- i'm getting strong as fuck but um i'm missing i feel like my arms are getting smaller i miss doing bicep curls whereas um that's a, that's the kind of thing that they can smash into this into this other into this like freestyle session if you will and and and, and it's like a main thing for me it it starts to get them to take to take ownership and actually be intuitive and think right what can i do what's going to what can i do on this day that's going to make me better but not going to like interfere with the next day's recovery and stuff like that and and also for us for, for us we we get to learn 
learn something that they might they might progress on something that they're doing a bit like say Jan for instance he's progressing nicely on his whatever sandbag and his carries so it gives you a really good starting point at the say when you go into a more specific block or something where fucking hell you know exactly where Jan is because for the last six weeks he's done this on his active recovery day and still logged it so you've got that data to progress from I find it really yeah. useful a good topic to kind of flow on from from this some of that I wanted to talk about some of that I got asked was um, when, well, basically the question was when should you introduce events into your training programme if you're a strongman and I'm assuming he's getting at like um, in the off season this is like a really old school way of doing it is like in the off season you build your gym strength and you, you get your deadlift up and you press up and everything and then you go into events when, you, when a comp crops up basically and um, obviously, I, I know where I want to go with this, and I'm assuming that you're going to go in the same direction. So, I'll let you um, chime in on it. Uh, but what would you be doing if, say, say, like for example, this period of time, COVID, there's been zero um, comps going on. That there probably won't be any comps till mid. I don't know, maybe like uh, September, uh, November time. So there's kind of been a block from March till November, and there might it might even drag into next year. Who knows? Where there's been no comps, so that might that old school mindset would be focusing on right. I'm in my off season. I'll build gym strength and do no events, and I'll add them in. It's eight weeks, ten weeks out from a comp. What do you think about that? Well, I I, I just think you've you've just got to take in take a strength and conditioning approach and just look at the needs analysis of it average strongman comp what what do you need what do you need in terms of like energy systems and stuff like it's all right yeah building this building this gen, gym strength get your squat up get your deadlift up get your bench up but like <sighs> like how specific is that to the actual sport and i know people say like i want to get i want to get um i want to get strong because that's what strongman's about whereas actually it's if you want to be a great strongman i don't I don't think it's, there's a lot of it about being strong, but a lot of it's about muscular endurance. A lot of it's about skill acquisition. A lot of it's about um, being versatile and stuff. So I, so I think that <clears throat> it is tough though, because a lot of people are like in, the, in this mindset of like, say they come from like a bodybuilding split routine that's got them really strong. So they want to stick to that. Um, so p personally, what I like to do is again, get the client to take ownership really because assuming that we're going to be teaching more people who are in maybe intermediate level or whatever like they're, they're already fucking pretty strong and they're obviously doing something that has worked so why why drastically change change everything in my opinion so what i what i would look look to do would be get them working in their structure whatever they're doing because it obviously fits for their obviously results but obviously fits for their routine as well like um if i put in like say farmers farmers in yoke on a monday after deadlift like without without consulting the client and saying how long have you got to trip that they've only got an hour and 30 minutes to train or whatever like how long is that going to take to set up would that be better on another day when they've got do you know what i mean so um <clears throat> But in, in terms of an ideal kind of split, what I'd do is um, just spring, sprinkle in some things where you're getting variety, relatively low volume to start and low skill, low 
fucking about, you know, like say, you don't want to put loads of variation on each day where they're having to, right, well, I have to put my Ollie shoes on and my knees for this. And then this one I go bare. Like, you want to be kind of <clears throat> being as time efficient as possible. So I've, I personally, I find like doing stuff like say deadlift, say, say for instance, if you, you, you deadlift it in your first lower body session of the week, I like put it, I think everybody can put some kind of uh, front carries in to finish off. I think it's a nice little hamstring finisher or whatever. Like if, you re, if you've got a client who really can't, you know that they can't be asked with it. You could just say, right, we'll put this in as you warm up, just grab a couple of 20 plates or whatever and just do one set of 60 seconds and see how far, see how far you can cover and just log it down. Like don't warm up. That is your warm up. Like it's not going to cost any time. It's not going to steal any, any time from you getting your big gym lifts up. But, um, so that so they're they're just focusing on their head and getting that getting their gym lifts up, getting the big things, the squat, press, deadlift, or whatever. But you're kind of sprinkling these little things in without them even noticing. Almost, do you know what I mean? You could even say to some people, you, you grab a stack of plates, walk for ninety seconds as fast as fast as you can. We're doing this as a, a deadlift specific hamstring activator or whatever, and it it may, may get them to, to buy into it a little bit more. Um, but I've gone off on one. What do you think, Shane? So I think, especially if you're a noob, but even if you're not, you should be doing events <clears throat> all year round, in my opinion, because um, that is yeah. your sport. So, I didn't answer the question at all, did I, Shane? But yeah, yeah. No. I think, I think <laughs> basically, what I was trying to get at, and I just caught myself. I, I knew what you were getting. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, basically, just trying to afford, there's always something that you can do that's it's semi-specific to developing events all year round. Um, and it's just how you scale up the, the intensities and volumes and stuff at different points yeah. to to get specific goals. That's basically in a nutshell what I meant, but I was fucking random. Wasn't I? What, um, what, I would, what I would say is basically you need to, in my opinion, just my opinion, stones is just as important in strongman as deadlift. So when I would, when I structure a week, oh, fucking hell, a fly. Uh, <laughs> when, you, when I structure a week, ideally there would be some kind of stone in there. Obviously, with this lockdown shit going on, it's not really so much because people don't have access to stones, but I'm just talking about in general. Um, stones would be in there because they're, they're, they're near enough in every comp. Um, you know what I mean? In my opinion, they're just as important as a deadlift. Everybody, every single strongman will deadlift at least once a week and talk about deadlift all the time. But stones is some of this uh, specific skill that is acquired from doing stones. Yes, you can make things up in the gym that will transfer over to it a little bit, but there's nothing quite like replicating a uh, heavy stone with tacky or transitioning between the light stones, the high platforms to a lower platform, etc. So you need, you need to practice it. And if you go six months of the year not touching any events, you're missing out on all the benefits that you could have got over the yeah. last you know, you, you, you just look at my screen a sec, Shane. What can you see? Loads of stones. <laughs> yeah. But, but, this is, but this is an important thing because I value it for people, for people at my gym who train strongman. I want to make it as of, of like put the stone platform literally outside the gym door 
and I've and um, it's near the toilet, so they can so they can clear the tacky off. I've got the I've got the stones lined up to to basically make it convenient. So we want to make it um, as convenient as possible to fit into their ideally weekly program, don't you? So yeah, um, stones like you said, a front carry. And then one moving event. So even if you don't want to do York and farmers every week in your off season, you could do farmers one week, York the next week and rotate them. So you're still getting that movement with objects in, but you're not having to do farmers and York in the same week, every single week. Uh, and then as you come up to a comp, if you, if you have um, just yoking, you would maybe just yoke every week up to that comp if you wanted to get more specific. But in your off season, you should be yoking or farmering once a week, front carrying something once a week and loading the stone once a week, in my opinion, because then you take all your gym lifts then, they can still carry on these things don't have to interfere with them really, but you still train, you're still a strong man because you don't want to be a power lifter for six months and then suddenly turn into a strong man before a comp, do you? You want to be a strong man all year round. Yeah. And what about, what about the person that, so, so mate, we've got on the clock, so we're going to try and be really good here. We've got four minutes left. Um, so what would you say to the person who says, right, well, oh, that sounds great, Shane, but uh, how do I fit stone into, how do I, how do I fit this uh, stone effect into my training program? My gym doesn't even have stones. What can I do instead? Well, my straight up first point would be <clears throat> look at your strength level and decide what weight stone is needed for you to have a decent training effect it might only be 100 kilos. And my first thing would be, how invested are you in this sport? Can you afford to buy a 100 kilo stone? They're not that expensive. You can get on second hand real cheap. And my first thing would be, if it was me, this is just what I would do. If I needed a stone, I would just go buy a stone or get a cheap secondhand stone. And if I needed to, if there was nowhere else for me to put it, if the gym wouldn't let me put it, I'd just stick it outside somewhere and find somewhere to load it onto. Uh, I used to, there's actually an old profile picture on my Facebook of me loading a random Atlas stone on a wheelie bin. So I've actually done that same thing before when I was like 19. I had a load of cracks in my dad's driveway. He used to hate me for it. I had a big dent in the top of my wheelie bin lid. Um, so that's my first thing I'd say. And then other than that, you can make replica setups, I guess, where you kind of load the end of like a, you can like a duck walk or something or at the end of a barbell with plates yeah. and do that kind of setup. But... They're just in my, they're not they're not expensive, and if you're in this sport, people are going online and oh, I need a leather belt, I need to buy a strength shot belt for eighty quid, I need to buy these straps. People spend hundreds of quid on shit. Buy a stone first; it'll be much more beneficial to you. Yeah, and uh, a bit of advice out there: if you're looking for looking to buy a stone, from what we're saying, if you look on like powerlifting kit for sale or whatever, and if you usually for a secondhand stone, roughly forty pence a kilo ish. Yeah, about but half the price of what it weighs is that but, in but, so, but, yeah. but even 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 if it's fifty even if it's fifty pence a kilo or whatever, like you get you grab like a a ninety a ninety kilo stone, you're talking forty five, fifty quid. I think it's an absolutely brilliant investment. And in terms of um <laughs> um what I would recommend somebody to get in terms of relative to their max, in terms of improve skill and get a training effect and stuff. Um the the big the biggest stone I've managed was one sixty to about forty seven inches. Um, I don't know if you remember Shane, but I think it was meant to be to that forty eight inch platform, but I got it to the edge, so I say forty seven inches. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm having that. But I would say for you, like a hundred kilo stone yeah. would probably be. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's, that's absolutely one ten really. Yeah, well, put put it this way, right? I've got a, I haven't got a hundred. I've got a ninety and a one ten, and I feel like I've I've got really good at stones the last year and improve improved loads by trading frequently and put it into my program every week or whatever, like training it consistently. And the vast majority of my reps are with the 90 and with the 90, yeah. we can do, we can do like complexes a load. To be honest, I do a lot, a lot of like loading to, I, I like loading it to height. I just, I just feel like it's, I've noticed you just, do as well is you don't even tack you up sometimes here because no. you're able to kind of jump straight in. Cause it's, too, if you, if you have a, stone exactly. heavy, it's a, it's a hassle and you can't get the volume in. You, you, you're too reliant on, oh, I've got to tape up or this or get tacky on. No, just get a stone that you can go do and train, maybe put a dab of tacky on now and again. But if you need tacky, to train it for like volume of freaks, it's probably a little too heavy. Yeah, that, that's it. And remember what we've just talked about earlier about saying we want, we want something, get a setup that you can train every week and that say you've, you've had a shit day, you've had an argument with your partner or something, and, or you've got a little niggle, little injury, like you've got something that you can just blast 15 minutes of training on. Like, like, I'll do it with that 90, and I'll, and I'll often think, fucking hell, I, I can't bring myself to do it today. So what I'll do is, I'll do one, because I'm like, oh, God, I'll have to do some squats and warm up my knees and stuff. So sometimes I'll just do, I'll do one motions, and I'll do it as like a, I'll do it as like a power emphasis thing. Um, that's the timer anyway, mate. I think, hopefully, yep. uh, we've got some ideas for, for people there to take away. Just- got some good info in there not too much rambling it's good we did yeah, good quality mate um right we'll call it a day there thank you very much tune in, for right, me. I'm off to tune in next week see you mate bye bye